You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God. As you see that, open your Bible at Genesis chapter 1. Now, last time I began speaking on that the power is in God's Word. That the very power of God is His Word. And the Lord has led me to expand on that in, you can say, the main series would be the integrity of the Word of God. The integrity of the Word of God. Everybody say the integrity of the Word of God. We saw you in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, everybody say, God said, let there be light. What happened? And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good and God divided the light from the darkness. Now, last time we were together, we went and had a look at each time God created the next phase of creation. Every time he did it, you notice how he did it. The word says that, and God said, let there come forth. And so God made. And God said, and so it was. God said, and so he created. So we saw that it's the very word of God that brought creation into existence. We saw from the word of God, the Bible tells us that he upholds all things by the word of his power. That interesting. It doesn't say he upholds all things by the power of his word. He upholds all things by the word of his power. His very power exists because of his word. And we looked at many, many other scriptures where he spoke about how as he spoke that word, it was by faith that he brought the worlds into existence. God applied a spiritual force released through his words that actually brought natural matter into existence. And that very matter, the whole of this universe, all the various uh, solar system, the galaxies, the solar systems, the planets, everything that's working is upheld by the very fact that he has spoken it. And so if God has spoken it and that brought it into existence and then he exalts his word higher than his own name, that means he says, if I've said something, I send it for a purpose, for a reason. God sent his word to heal. He says, this is what I do. I send my word for the thing that I please. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so he speaks what he wants. And he says that once he has spoken, he'll personally oversee it to make sure it manifests. Why is it so important to God? The Bible says that God cannot lie. It doesn't say he doesn't lie, tries not to lie. It says he cannot lie. It's impossible for God to lie. Why? Because his words carry such power that if he says something, it's done and settled for eternity. If he said, look over there, there's a two-headed horse. By the time your eyes get there, there's one standing there. He wouldn't be able to lie. If he said it, he'd have to, it, it, it comes to pass. So he has to watch over every word that he says. And then once he said it, every word must manifest. If it doesn't, it means that he said something and it doesn't happen. That would be determined a lie. 
And if he's been found to be a liar, then maybe light B can be questioned. And all of matter would disappear. All of creation would cease to exist. And so that's why we know that when God has said something, it is settled for eternity. And why am I saying all of that? Because in that you have the integrity of God's word. That means if you ever find a promise, find a word that God has given, you can fight for that by faith and God will oversee it. But you notice it has to be fought for by faith. And a lot of people don't understand what faith is. Notice, even in Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says the Spirit of God was hovering. Nothing happened. The Spirit of God is the very essence of the power of God. Acts 10, 28 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Every time you see the Holy Spirit present, there was power. Jesus said, wait until you're endued for the Holy Spirit and power to be my witnesses. And so the very power of God was present, and yet nothing happened. But God had to apply His faith. See, there's an application that has to happen for faith to work. It's not just, oh God, I hope you do this. Oh God, can't you see my problem? Oh God, why aren't you doing something? Oh God. No, it has to be applied. It's like me looking in that speaker. God, won't that speaker move over there? Please, God, move. No, I have to get down and pick it up. Amen. It's the same way this physical body has strength. So I can do this all the time. But you notice nothing's really happening. I'm just movement. Well, to work, I have to apply it against something. And then if I push, this thing would move. You have to apply what's activated in your life. We understand that in the natural we have to recognize that unless you do something, it's not going to happen. If you're going to apply physical force, you have to apply it against the thing you're applying it in. And faith is a force. And when God said, light be, he went into action. The very Holy Spirit. In fact, the Bible says that he took a drop of water and weighed it in his hand. And in the other hand, he would take a piece of dust and he weighed it. And he felt the weight of that dust and the weight of the water and how they worked together. And in doing that, he built this planet that it would be perfectly aligned. You notice you don't have mountains flying all over the different places and water in the wrong place. And it all, it all works. It just, it all balanced. And the, this thing spins at a phenomenal speed and yet everything functions perfectly. Right. He measured out the heavens with a span. He literally used his fingers. That's what a span is there. And he figured out the distance between the star sun and the earth that it had the right distance and it elevated and it moved in a certain way. You'd have winter and summer perfectly balanced and life could exist on this planet. God applied his word. And it's important to see that because we're going to use that to build on. And you have a look as you go down through Genesis. As I said, we read all the scriptures. We're not going to do it today. You need to go check the podcast and see part one. But then in Genesis chapter 1 verse 24, God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature, listen to this now, according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. Everybody say, according to its kind. 
Today I want to talk about the law of Genesis. The law of Genesis. The word Genesis literally means the beginnings. The law of beginnings. The law of the same kind. In other words, like produces like. Uh, it's mentioned there in the scripture. It's kind of obvious if you think about it. What would cats produce? And what would dogs produce? Uh, what would an orange tree produce? See, it's after its own kind. It uh, doesn't matter what you do, you can't take something of a different kind and put it together with something of a different kind and get a whole new species. You know, they tried it with, you know, you get these, what they call them, like labradoodles and things, you know. They take a, a Labrador and a poodle and put it together and you get a really soft Labrador and small. And they call it a Labradoodle. But you notice it's still a dog. You don't put a Labrador and a poodle together and come out with some kind of lion. No, you, the like produces after the same like. And it's that that's built into creation. So as you understand the law of Genesis, that means when God has spoken for something to be and something to produce, it will continue to produce after its own kind. As I mentioned before, the wood that's in the speaker came off a tree. And that tree came out of a seed. And that seed can be mapped back to a tree and that tree will be mapped back to another seed which came off a tree that came out of a seed from another tree and it'll go right back to the Garden of Eden where God said the very first tree be. There's no tree that comes into existence just on its own or from nowhere. It's always produced after its own kind. And so the same way, if you can understand that as a law, see, laws govern the spiritual realm as much as they govern the natural realm. We trust certain laws in the realm of the natural. If you think of your physical motor car, it's built on a whole bunch of different laws. And it's built in a way that if it's looked after and it's maintained correctly, you get into that car, you don't even think about it, and you hit start button and that car will start. In fact, you're shocked when it doesn't. You hit start button and it doesn't, then what's your first reaction? Something's wrong. You don't go, oh, well, it's just not my day today. You never know what God's going to do. I'm just trusting God. Hallelujah. It must be His will for my car not to start today. Hallelujah. Maybe tomorrow will be my day. No, you, you, you immediately you go, hang on, something's wrong. And if you can't figure it out, before you know you're phoning somebody and they're going to come find out why this car's not working. There's a reason. Uh, we don't know. Yeah, but you're the maker. You're the manufacturer. I, I brought it back. You gave me this car. You said you would maintain it. Well, we don't really know how it works. No, they know exactly how it works. They'll find out what the problem is and they will fix it and get it back to you working. When God designed this creation, He designed it to work with life, not death. He created it in life, and He expects that life to work. And when it doesn't, it's broken. And if it's broken, you can call on the same life to restore that. Why? Because the law of Genesis says once God has spoken, it has to continue and propagate across that line. Why am I saying this? You have promises from God. And very often, religion will try and get in the way 
and try and excuse why your promise hasn't come to pass yet. Maybe God's trying to teach you a lesson. Maybe, you know, there's, uh, you know, you never know what God's going to do. Is it His will for you to have it? No, once you have a promise from God, His promises are yes and amen. And if it's not working and it's not happening and it's not manifesting, something's broken and I can fix it. How? By the law of faith. Everybody say the law of faith. Laws govern that motor car. And those laws work every single time. You never have to wonder if an aeroplane is going to take off. You don't find a pilot gunning down the, high, uh, down the, the runway. And as soon as that aeroplane gets you know, up to speed, he suddenly feels, I wonder if the, I just don't feel like it's going to work today. And then he pulls back on the accelerator. And so his co-pilot turns, he says, you can do it, you can. And he says, okay, and he, and he revs that plane. But then he goes, no, 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 I don't, I just don't get it. I just don't, I just don't feel it. And the, and the co-pilot says, come on, we've got a bunch of people, we can do it, go, go, go. And he says, okay, let's go. And you know, that airplane's gonna crash. It's gonna run out of runway. No, he sits on the end of that runway and he fully trusts the whole system. He trusts the people that maintained it. He trusts the people that filled the fuel. He trusts, the, he trusts the, everything's working. He trusts the whole system and the laws didn't change overnight. Not like lift worked yesterday, but we don't know if lift is going to work today. No, it is a law governing the system that as he puts that Aeroplane into full speed, takes the brakes off. He can run down the runway. There are some runways that end off a cliff. There's some runways that end in the sea. And he sees that ocean coming straight at him with no fear at all. Why? He's just watching for one thing. And it's when that speed hits a certain point, I pull back and this aeroplane's going up. Amen. That's the confidence God wants you to have in his word. To know that his kingdom is governed by laws. Everything producing after its kind. Well, if that's true, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, God said, let us make man in our own image. Oh, come on, give Jesus praise. If you just got what I've just said. Everything produces after its own Kind And God said to the earth, bring forth animals. He said to the earth, bring forth trees. He said to the ocean, bring forth fish. He spoke to the skies and bring forth birds. And he spoke to himself and said, bring forth a man. You are brought forth in the God species. Now you're not God. There is only one God. He is the creator. But you are his son, you are his daughter. Say that I am a son of God. You can use daughter if you're the daughter. I'm created in the image of God. Say that. Look at that. He says, according to our likeness. What does he say? Let them have dominion. And then he names creation. Let them have dominion over all creation. Family, you and I are called to dominate this planet. To dominate, number one, Satan and his enemy and, and his cohorts. Our enemy. You are given authority to dominate sickness and disease. To dominate poverty. 
to dominate anything the curse could possibly bring against you. Jesus paid the full price. How did he do it? In the beginning, God said, John chapter 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And Luke 8 verse 11, Jesus said, the parable is this, the seed is the Word of God. The seed is the Word of God. Say that, the Word of God God. is seed. So if the Word of God is seed and everything produces after its own kind, you getting this? That means if you take a tomato seed and you plant it, what would you expect to come out the ground? You'd be shocked if it was anything else but tomatoes. You fully expect the tomatoes. When a farmer takes all his life savings and goes and he's going to start farming and he invests in a field and then he goes and buys a whole truckload of corn and he goes out and plants it. He doesn't plant it in the field hoping he's going to get a harvest. Put all that seed out there, spend another fortune in watering it and then the next season Nothing comes up and he goes, oh, well, maybe it wasn't God's will. No, he fully expects a harvest. Seed is designed to produce after its own kind. And when God sends his word, it says, yeah, Jesus is saying the word is seed. So when he gives you his word, he's not necessarily giving you the end result. I believe God supplies all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. How does he do that? Through seed. I believe God has healed me. How does he do that? Through seed. I believe God has delivered me. How does he do it? It's not always the fully manifested product. He'll plant it within our hearts as a seed. It starts with the word of God. That word will in turn produce things like if you're believing for an apple, you start with the seed to get the tree and then the tree will eventually produce the apple. But the end result began with the seed. And he says yeah, that the word is seed. Say that the word is seed. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says the word of God is living and powerful. The word of God is Alive. Say that the word of God is alive. Notice it also says it is powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, right here, a key is given so that we can access how this faith works. Notice the word of God separates spirit from soul. And that's usually where most people, if they don't know what I'm about to share, this is where they will trip up. Is because a lot of people, before you discover this truth, think spirit and soul are, are interchangeable words. They're the same thing. They're not the same. Spirit is who you are. Spirit, you are a spirit being created in the image of God. God doesn't have a physical body. 
So if you're created in the image of God, you are more than your body. You are a spirit being. Say that. I am a spirit. Now that spirit exists. Now how do you know you exist? You have a mind. You have an awareness. You have a will. You have emotions. That is your soul. The soul is the essence of who you are. That, the, the feelings, the, the, not really feelings. When I say feelings, that's more natural. But I'm talking about the emotions, an awareness, the knowledge, the fact that you can think. That happens in the soul realm. And the soul and the spirit are different. And the word of God is able to feed what is necessary. It's able to separate the thoughts, what happens in the heart of a man, that's your spirit, from what happens in your mind, your thinking. Because very often the enemy will try and work in the realm of your thinking, your thoughts. Any worry you've ever had happened in the soul realm. And if we lean to the soul realm, that will guide us down a road to destruction. You've got to see this. Because that's where the enemy takes place. If you ever wondered, I wonder where God is, that wonder where happened in the soul. Why hasn't God yet? That happened in the soul. But there is this realm of the spirit. And the word of God is so powerful, it can separate the two. See, if, if I can get my soul to be still and out the way... Then the word can go to work in the spirit, whether I feel it, whether I think it, whether I see it, whether I know it, whether I, I don't care what my head does, doesn't matter how much I'm doubting, doesn't matter how much I'm just aware the word is working, it's powerful, it's alive, and it is generating in my spirit after its own kind. See, when you plant a physical seed, you don't wonder how it works. There are people that study it out and it's good to know, but you see, that's my job. I figure out how these things work in the realm of the Spirit. Then I teach you what to do. You see, there's people that studied engineering and they figured out how a car works. You don't have to worry about that. Just get in and I say, push the start button. Just keep your foot on the brake, hit the start button and boom, your car will start. Don't, you don't have to worry about spark plugs and crankshafts and injections and... Uh, you just boom. So I study out the how-tos. I come here and say, now this is what you do. And if you just believe, take the word as a living seed. See, that's why it is important that you hear. See, it's not sitting at home worrying, oh, how's going to, I don't know why, where's God? How come God, where's God? Come here and I will show you. I feed you the seed, the word to inject into your heart that which you need for the next week. You come in here, maybe run down, burnt out, struggling, battling, but I will make sure by the time you leave, you have enough word in you that will project you and propel you into what God's calling you to do. And then you take the word and you meditate it every single day and get it down deep into your heart. Everybody say, Spirit. Soul. Soul. Have a look here. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23. 1 Thessalonians 5 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, 
and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, spirit, soul, body. Say that I am a spirit. I have a soul, a mind, will, and emotions, and I live in a body. See, like produces like. We, we understand the natural realm. You know that your physical body has strength. Now, where did that strength come from? Well, you know if you're going to keep producing strength, you need strength for the weak, you need to feed strength into your body. How many you know that strength doesn't just happen? It's not like you'll stay strong for the rest of your life unless you feed it. You have to feed your body nutrition. And when you feed nutrition, you take physical food, physical food nourishes the physical body and it is converted into a physical strength. That physical strength must be developed. You notice that the more you use your physical body, the stronger it gets. The more you apply it, the more effective you become. We understand that in the natural realm. So physical food produces physical strength in the physical body. The soul realm is the same. The soul must be fed. They've, they've seen it in babies. Babies that are just left to grow up on their own, they grow up in a place where they, they, they're not spatially aware or they're not able to do things, but you get a child and you develop its mind, you start feeding it. The more you study, the mind must be fed information. The mind must be challenged to make decisions. You must figure out questions and sums and answers and, and, and work the mind. It has to be fed because until the mind is fed, you don't have a will. Willpower, the mind, willpower comes from a mind that has fed the truth. Willpower comes from a mind that has fed the truth. You must feed the soul in order to develop willpower. See, man has the privilege of having a will. But if you don't have the truth, if it's just lies and you told you nothing and you're no good, you're never going to make it, what does it do? It breaks down the will. So when a problem comes along, the person just gives up. There's no willpower. But when you feed the mind, feed the soul realm, and you get the right nutrition, soul nutrition, that mind can be developed where you have a willpower and you can start to apply that willpower accurately. We understand that. So the same way your spirit needs spiritual food. It must be fed spiritual food. If you didn't feed your physical body, you will run out of physical strength. If you don't keep the mind active, it will eventually go dormant and all kinds of problems start happening in the soul realm. The same with the spirit. It must be regularly fed spiritual food. What is spiritual strength? Faith. How do you feed the Word? How do you feed the Spirit? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by? Comes by? Hearing and hearing by the Word of God. 
Faith comes by hearing. That word is what they call present continuous. In other words, it's a continuous hearing. Again, think in the natural realm. How many of you have ever had a nice steak or something? Those that are vegan, vegetarian, whatever, how many of you had a nice mushroom or something? <laughs> How many of you got a or, or pick a dish that you really like? Can you think on it? Think about it now. Can you taste the taste? Can you taste the barbecue? Can you remember? How many of you remember what peas taste like? I mean, if you've got a pea, you think, wow, that's new. No, you, you know what, how many of you know what carrots taste, you know what? It, now just try and memorize. Just think of a steak dish there or whatever, mushrooms, whatever, whatever. Think of it. Now, how much nutrition did you draw from that? You can think about it, but you don't get the strength from it until you physically pick it up, chew on it, and swallow it. Isn't that right? How many of you have ever watched a fitness video? And you got up feeling, no, I'm strong. No, watching that video didn't help. You have to actually go pick up the weight yourself. Isn't that right? No one can get fit on your behalf. You know, I can't, there goes my wife. She's going to CrossFit this morning. Doll, just do my workout for me as well. I don't have time today. Do two workouts and that'll help me. No, I have to get this body into the gym myself. How many of you ever tried to write an exam and you thought, oh, I'll skip this chapter? And vrachis, that's the chapter they. Come on, how have you ever done that? You can't sit there, that's not fair. Oh, well, I'm going to answer it anyway. No, it's just not there. You didn't, you didn't study it. It's not there. It won't be there unless you put it in. You have to sit down and actually read that chapter. In the same way, family, if faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, you cannot live on the faith you received last week. You've used that faith this week. You need to be back and hear it again. Hear it again. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Like you eat a meal every day. You have to stimulate your soul every day. You have to feed your spirit man every day. Because that word is designed. Whatever you need, whatever you need in life, any deliverance, any healing, protection, whatever you need, it's already provided in the form of a seed. The word of God. We have to get that word down inside of us. Don't wait until you are sick. And then get out the faith scriptures for healing. Every day I feed my life with the health word of God. Every day I feed my life with the provision scriptures of God. Every day I feed my life with scriptures that I need to know the voice of God, to hear His voice, to be led by Him. I'm filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That my walk is worthy of Him, fully pleasing Him, that I'm fruitful in every good work as I increase in the knowledge of God. 
I, that's a pray, I pray every day of my life. Why? Because I want to see into the realm of the kingdom to be able to know where he's taking me next. You have to feed that into your spirit every single day. Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 63, 663, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Lift your hand and say, Jesus said, His words are spirit and they are life. So if His words are life and I'm not proactively feeding that into my spirit, how am I going to ever produce the life? See, whatever Janine and I have ever produced by faith, people look at our lives and say, wow, you got such faith and God's done such amazing miracles in your life. It came from seed. It took time to find the scriptures relating to that issue. And then we fed it into our life. Sometimes we fed our spirits, you know, nine years on the word to get it to manifest. Some people try two weeks and say, this thing's not working. Nine years. And that's facing every form of tribulation, persecution, every opportunity to be offended, try to root us out the church, get us to leave, do all silence. We made a decision. We are staying in the Word. Why? Because His words are spirit and they are life. I don't care what people think. I can, if I'm the only one <laughs> that walks into the building and everybody else is doing, calling me names and looking down at me, now that doesn't happen. But when you listen to some people, it sounds like, you know, the whole church was against them. No, I don't care if every single person was against me. I need to be sitting in that chair listening to my pastor. I still do it today. I still listen to my pastor. I have to feed my own spirit. That's my responsibility. But if I wasn't up here preaching, I'd be sitting in the chair listening because I need to get fed the Word of God. Amen. Why? Because His words are life. They're life. And by taking that life within us, like produces after the same kind. Hallelujah. His words are spirit and they are life. Look at Romans 8 verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. I don't understand why my body still feels the way. I don't understand why I'm still sick. I don't understand why I still don't have a job. I don't understand why. See, now we're looking at the flesh. But I'm not going to consider my flesh. Even Abram, when his body was still dead, and Abram and Sarah's womb was dead, they were old age. But when God said that I'm going to make you the father of many nations, against hope, he in hope he believed. He believed that if God said it, God was able. See the integrity of God's word. You set your heart on the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh, then those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. You see, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Hallelujah. I want to be spiritually minded. What does that mean? I don't look to what the flesh is saying. Now, you know, you've got to, obviously, you, the reason we have the flesh and the reason why we have responses like pain or 
or things or you feel touch and resistance. It's so that you can navigate this natural world. But that's what it's there for. It's to be an alarm system. It's so that you're aware of certain things. It's not determining your future. So when I sense a pain, it's not saying I'm now sick. No, it's an alarm. Something's out of line. So I immediately turn to the realm of the spirit. What is this realm of the spirit? It's what I've already spoken for the last weeks and months and years. The same word. You sent your word to heal me. You bore every sickness and every disease. And your word is spirit and life. Life to those who find them. Health to their flesh. And by Jesus' stripes, I have been healed. See, that word just comes flooding out. Why? Because it's already fed down there in abundance. And that seed produces after its same kind. The harvest of that seed is health. Hallelujah. And I don't care if you're spluttering and coughing and eyes are red. Praise God that the word is yes and amen. It's life to me and health to my flesh. And what does it do? It works out into my flesh as healing. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, trust me, but whatever happens, it might just be my will. What does he say? Choose, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. Why? He is your life and the length of your days. And that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. Notice he says here, we have to choose life. It doesn't happen automatically. If it's God's will, it'll happen to me. No, we have to go out and put this law into action. We have to apply the law of Genesis. Choose life. Choose life. Every day you are faced with the options of life or death. It's not like God's protecting you from the laws of death. They are there. The enemy's doing everything he can to get them to work in your life. And God's not saying, don't worry, I'll look after you. He says, you choose. And if you choose life, he will look after you. He will protect you, but it starts with your choice. That's why people, I, I don't understand if, there, if there's a God, how come bad things happen to us? That's, I, I heard this a person was talking to their barber who was an atheist. He says he doesn't believe there's a God. And he says, why? He says, because there's all this evil that's in the world. If there was a good God, then how come evil happens? So, of course, he tried to tell him about the devil as well. There is a devil out there. But then as he was leaving the barber shop, he saw a man who was homeless and his hair was in a mess. So he said, would you come with me, please? Took him back into the barber shop. And he said, I don't believe there are any barbers in the world. And the barber looked at him and said, but I'm a barber. He says, but this man's hair is in a mess. How come his hair's in a mess? I don't think, if there's barbers, then how come his hair's in a mess? He said, he didn't choose to come to me. 
God is God. And if there's evil and there's destruction, we can make a choice to go to the one who is life. And if you choose to go to life, you will receive that life. So if I'm going to choose life, how do I choose life? What is it that I'm choosing? Choose life. What is that? John 6, 63. Jesus said, the words I speak are spirit and they are life. How do you choose life? You choose the word of God above all your circumstances. Hallelujah. In closing, John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also send them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified by the truth. Now, sanctified sounds like, you know, one of those words that you only hear in church. It simply means to separate. To separate. The Word of God separates you. Remember, he says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Separates spirit from soul. What does the word separate you from? Number one, from the enemy. It'll immediately identify what is death. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. I came that you may have life. It's a choice. And so when I choose the word of God, I separate myself from the enemy. I know that sickness is not from God. Therefore, I separate myself from sickness. I choose life. I'm choosing the healing power of God. It separates us from our old habits. It separates us from our old habits. I heard a man of God give a testimony once. He was struggling to give up smoking and he lost count of how many boxes of cigarettes he threw away. And then one day he got into a revival meeting and he spent the week worshiping God and praising God and praising God, honoring God. And then when he came to the end of that meeting, he got into his car and he just pulled down his sun visor and the cigarette box he had stuck up there fell out and all the tobacco was dried out and everything because it was in the sun for the week. And he realized, I haven't smoked this week. What happened? The word separated him. Because he was constantly in the word, in the presence of God, he didn't even have a desire for his old habits. The word separates you. Now give Jesus praise. Amen. And the word also separates us from those things that hinder us. The things that are holding us back that we've been struggling with. The very things that we battle with in life. The things that are unnecessary in our life. What is slowing us down? We've entered into a season where God's told us that we can enhance. What's, we put it in context of today's message. Enhance that word that's in you. Maybe I've been neglecting spending time in the word. Maybe I haven't been coming to church as often as I should. I want to get into the house of God and be fed by the word of God. And then eliminate. 
What things are holding me back? What's stopping me? You know, we all have our reasons and our excuses. I'm busy and I'm too busy over here and I'm over there. But family God, the most important thing, we would not say that. I mean, you might miss a meal. But you know, by the time the next meal comes, you're going to eat double. <laughs> Isn't that right? You don't go for a week and say, oh, I forgot, I forgot to eat this week. That never happens. So let's not do that with our spirit man. Amen. Become spiritually minded. The very first thing I want to feed myself every day is the word. I want to have my meals all day on the word of God. Same like breakfast, lunch, supper. I train regularly. I feed my spirit man regularly. Hallelujah. That way you'll expand. Grow in the things that God has designed for your life. You get something this morning? Come on, let's give Jesus praise for His Word. Come, let's stand together. Raise your hand and say, Today I heard the Word of God. That Word has fed my spirit, man. Faith has come to my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. As a hearer of God's Word, I'm also a doer. From this day forth, I determined to trust the law of Genesis. I trust the law that God said that like produces like. His word is designed to produce faith in my heart. And I receive that word. I determined to feed my spirit man every day. On the living word of God. I make sure I'm in the house of God. To receive the faith I need. To encourage me. To uplift me. To strengthen me. And as I walk in the word of God. Trusting the word. It will always produce. I don't have to wonder how. I don't have to figure it out. The word alone will produce what it's designed to produce. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God.